Republicans were accused of fake outrage for demanding answers and accountability on that attack. And I'm, I'm sure some of that was political. But my outrage was real then. It's real now. I'm appalled that today is day 14 and we still don't have basic answers as to what happened. I will remind you on day two of the Benghazi attack, every major news outlet was covering multiple angles and Republicans were in unison demanding answers. By the Sunday following the attack, Face the Nation had the president of Libya's National Congress, Susan Rice and John McCain on to discuss the attacks and what we knew. By day 14, the press and the public had already debunked the administration's video retaliation theory. Sean Hannity was on his radio show calling out the liberal media for believing it. Today, on day 14, many are busy pointing fingers at who called whom. It's a little empty to be outraged over what the president did or didn't say to these gold star families. If you're not also asking why they are now gold star families. Who is this S.E. Cup person? She's a commentator. Usually uh, right-leaning? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I find the comparison a little odd. The uh, four troops killed in Niger and the uh, Benghazi dealio. Partly because they were Army Special Forces. They're fighting men. They are in a very dangerous place patrolling for scumbags, as opposed to an ambassador at, you know, the, theoretically a... a a, uh, what do you call it, a diplomatic compound. Well, John McCain said yesterday he's pretty disappointed in the lack of answers that he's getting as he's asking questions as the chair of the uh, Armed Services Committee on what happened to these guys. What were they doing? What was their level of protection? What mm-hmm. was their mission? Yeah, fair um, enough. And he's getting no answers or changing answers. I think that's where the comparison comes from. Were they out there without the the proper um, protection, doing a, a mission that uh, nobody wants to say what it is for some mm. reason? Legitimate, legitimate questions. Yeah, and then and then the the one guy, his they didn't know where his body was, or his body was unclaimed for two days. Wow, which is not uh, the way it usually works. No, indeed, for U.S. forces, and uh, there's there haven't been good answers as to why that is. And then there were three different stories as to who finally got the body and then transported it. Seems from, like the sort whom? of thing. Where we, are those stories coming from? According to McCain, that's what he was getting out of the Pentagon. First, ah. it was our plane. Then it was first, it was France's plane. Then it was us. Then it was contractors. That's the current story. Is contractors got the guy out? Wow, U.S. contractors. Um. So, and then I wonder if that fits in at all with with Trump's. It seems kind of weird phone call that he made. Oh, he feels, to one of the uh, the widows. Yeah, if he with feel, with oddly. Uh, a far-left congresswoman in her car with her Yeah, when the call came through. Yeah, is that just a coincidence? Did they hang out together? Are they buddies? I don't know. Was the congresswoman there to show support and it was a coincidence? Did the lady call and say, hey, the president's going to call me. You want to sit in on it? This is How a, did that come together? This congresswoman has been calling for Trump's impeachment for a long time. I mean, right. she's, she's, she's way out there on the edge of... A Trump hater. Doesn't it seem a little odd? Yeah, very. The whole thing? Very. And as I heard somebody say on the left, there was reason to be skeptical about her account throughout the day yesterday until the actual wife came forward. R- oh, the congresswoman's account. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Although, uh, you know, and, and this is why I hate all of this, even as I participate. I've, I've been drawn in. I can't help it. I'm here to, I'm here, I'm the referee. I got the whistle. I'm trying to keep the play clean. Um, 
I hate it because now you have America's press, I mean, dozens and dozens of organizations calling every Gold Star family, that would be families that have lost a loved one uh, fighting for the United States, except for the contractors, who are the same guys just out of the service now working for private firms, essentially as mercenaries, uh, and I do not use that term in a negative way. That's what they are. Anyway, um, so you have all these Gold Star families being pestered and bothered by dozens and dozens of news organizations who are trying to figure out, A, what's going on legitimately, or B, score political points. And I think the whole thing is just repulsive. But having said that, that just there's a whole lot of odd and unexplained to go around. And I don't trust anybody's motives, honestly. I don't trust Trump, as far as I can throw him. I don't trust this Congress lady with her wacky sequined cowboy hats. Just, I think the whole thing's ugly. I don't remember if I had a point. <laughs> well, how about the, the four guys killed? <clears throat> oh. Is this just something that happens? I think there needs to be a good, aggressive inquiry by the Armed Services Committee to figure out what was going on and, and whether what should be done was done, and the military needs to look into it like it looks into every incident like this to make sure that, that they're operating in a good way and that if anybody uh, screwed up, they're held accountable. There is. I, I had this reaction initially. Before we started getting conflicting answers, the conflicting answers make you wonder, is there something being covered up or was there a problem made? But my first uh, thought when I heard about any controversy was we can't have soldiers in war zones all over the world. And every time somebody gets killed, think there must have been some crazy conspiracy going on. That's what's going to happen if you have soldiers all over the world in war zones. Yeah. What's the latest count of countries? A lot. Yeah, it's 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 close. It's a hundred or something. I can't remember. We're, we're in dozens and dozens and dozens of countries doing dangerous things at this point. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. My See, my initial reaction was fog of war. It's going to take a while to figure out what exactly happened. Now, there could be some malfeasance or cover-ups here, or it just could be the inevitable. Sure. People aren't sure. As happens. Yet. They got yeah. ambushed by 50 dudes. And four on 50 is not a good fight. Yeah, yeah. And 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 figuring out if things could be done better is what the military does. So I, yeah. I say just let them do it. I, I'll tell you this. I don't need Susan Rice on all five of the, the talk shows lying or some giant spin campaign. That's, that's, there's no need for that. Although before I find out what James Wood and uh, Nicki Minaj have in common, I need oh, to check you in. you won't believe it. Joe Buck, what's up coming on Fox? Girls Club premieres tomorrow at 9 Eastern, 8 Central after the season premiere of Boston Public. There was about three young lawyers who worked together in a San Francisco firm. And you mm-hmm. saw Kyler Lee and Kathleen Robertson and also stars Gretchen Maul. <laughs> Big stars. That's what I actually remember. <laughs> That first show I didn't. That's Joe Buck promoting shows on Fox during baseball games. Ah, oh, give me a little more. Come on. Cast members of that 70s show. Mila Kunis, Danny Masterson, Wilmer, Wilmer Valderrama. That 70s show premieres Wednesday night, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, right here on Fox. Hey, that one turned out to be a hit. Yeah, and, and all those people matter, showbiz-wise. Yeah, those people all turned out to be giant stars. I do remember that trend, though. Is that over where during the baseball game they compel the stars of the hot new show or the would-be hot new show to sit together and watch a couple innings <laughs> so they can show them on the TV? That still happens, and notoriously they show up for their TV hit, and then they are gone. Oh, you mean they're not? <laughs> Just buddies who go to the ball game together? With their brand new tag still on it hat. I'm a fan of this sports team. Right, exactly. Very nice. So, uh, the whole uh, Russian messing with the election story, 
which to me is misreported and misinterpreted much more than it's reported and interpreted correctly. Um, I heard somebody say, it's an act of war. We need to look at it as an act of war. What are you going to do, bomb the Kremlin? No, it's an act of subversion. It's an act of of, uh, of counterintelligence. It's an act of, well, subversion. You're trying to subvert the other country and weaken them because they're your rival. We do it all the time. Everybody does it all the time. You can't, as the defensive team in football, stand there and shout, they're throwing the ball through the air! That's their job. We've got to be better at identifying it, countering it, and, and being better at it. And and sacking the quarterback that is Vladimir Putin. Is this coming toward James Wood and Nicki Minaj? Of course it is. Okay. Stay with me now. So Russian operatives using fake Twitter accounts, um, spreading around various divisive, uh, accurate and inaccurate stuff during the election, got retweets from figures such as political operative Michael Flynn and Roger Stone, celebrities like Nicki Minaj and James Woods, and media personalities (laughs) like Ann Coulter and Chris Hayes. There's no evidence any of them knew the account was run by the Russians, and having read this entire article, the things retweeted ranged from things that were perfectly true but suited the, the Russian point of view or effort to undermine either or both candidates. Um, it was just interesting uh, how many went ahead and, and fell into the clutches of the Russian intelligence services. There was one uh, one web one uh, Twitter account, uh, TNGOP. It appeared to be the Tennessee uh, Republican Party, and a lot of people tweeted stuff of theirs, but that was actually Russian agents. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I wonder if I've retweeted anything that was a Russian story. I may have. I would like to know. I'd be curious. Um, but again, some of the stuff's perfectly legitimate, but the Russians saw it as suiting their purposes and, and so retweeted it and tried to make it grow and pass it along. And sure enough, we're successful in a lot of ways. Um, so it'd be produced by a legitimate pack, you know, legitimate in the eye of the beholder, but a registered known pack. And also keep in mind that a lot of the kind of troll farms playbooks are we put out stuff that's 80% of the time it's perfectly true and viable. And then 20, then once we kind of establish that, hey, some of the stuff we put out is true, then we hit you with the 20% mm. outlandish misinformation. Mm. That's Right, stuff. once we get a little rep or insidiously an item that is 80% true. Oh, right, right. <laughs> but, the individual story. Right, right, right. But 20% of it, the really juicy part, is not. Uh, Nicki Minaj, whose representatives did not respond to queries from the Washington Post, which says to me she's probably a willing tool of the Russians. Uh, The video you posted is so disturbing. Be safe in Cleveland today, everyone. He just killed this old man live on social media. Jesus have mercy. Uh, Tweet was uh, liked and and re-liked. Tens of thousands of times, blah, 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 and the Russians got involved. Anything that was divisive or makes us hate each other. They were pouring gasoline on. Yeah, and that is just smart. Uh, Hayes, the MSNBC uh, host, linked to uh, the uh, Tennessee GOP tweet, calling it the best Earth Day tweet so far. Um, That is just smart. How much of the Harvey Weinstein stuff? I'll bet every story that's big. How much Harvey Weinstein stuff about the ties between Weinstein and Clinton came from the Russians? It's true, but they have reason to amplify that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And and they're probably all over the story I'm all over, which is the obviously crooked 
Clinton-Russia uranium deal, now that the FBI is saying, yeah, there's there's smoke and fire here, um, the Russians are spreading that as fast as they can. And so that's why, and the fact that the POTUS either doesn't get this or isn't talking about it is so disturbing. We the people have to understand what they're doing. Now, I'm hot to trot for the Russia uranium story, partly because I really dislike the Clintons and I think they're crooked. It's personal enthusiasm, which runs more of news than you'd guess. Um, I'm hot to trot for it, but I will admit, oh, the Russians understand that it's really good anti-Clinton stuff, so they're helping promote it. How interesting. That doesn't make me any less right. That doesn't make the story any less uh, valid. Mm -hmm. But I, I see what my enemies, the Russians, are up to, and I think that's valuable. Know what they're doing. Flip through the little pictures on the sideline, he says, returning to his football metaphor. Understand what the other side is trying to do. Don't stand there wetting your pants and yelling, they're, they're accusing us of tackling them. We haven't tackled anybody. Let's do this. Grow up. Among things coming up, we've got the worst roommate ever. Uh-oh. Signs of life in North Korea's Hotel of Doom, which I had never heard about before, but is an interesting story. Honey, I can't find a hotel room. There's a convention in town, but the Hotel of Doom has a room for 149 a night. Joe's been talking about the evils of diet soda for quite a while. Yes. More, more info out on that. And there's a national, nationwide sting operation on prostitutes and johns over the weekend that caught all kinds of politicians, cops, doctors, all kinds of people. I'm glad because you can't have people fornicating outside the bonds of marriage. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is our third night here. It's our third time here in Brooklyn. We've been here twice before, but this time, you know, I love Brooklyn, but I want to be honest with you. The real reason we're here is to get as far uh, out of North Korea's missile range as possible. Hey, now. Uh, Nielsen. Didn't he just say he doesn't want any uh, Republicans to watch or whatever? Yeah. Okay. That was Seth Meyers. Oh, no, no. He did. Yeah, he did that in an interview, too. Yeah, Kimmel said that Sunday morning. Never contradict me again. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Nielsen, who does TV ratings, has had a monopoly, a near monopoly, on TV ratings for 94 years. Well, that's not possible. TV hasn't been around for 94 years. They do radio ratings, too. Newsflash. Um, but for all of television's history, they've had a monopoly on it, and they are just now going to start releasing Netflix data, as the industry has been howling for quite some time. Everybody's watching it on Netflix, you idiot! Mm. Their response, which is a legitimate response, and who are you gets, calling an idiot? It gets to the crux How'd of the you problem. Like your ass kicked. Gets to the crux of the problem. Ford who's buying ads in Saturday Night Live doesn't give a crap how many people watched it on Hulu like I did. Yeah, that's why the ratings exist. Because I didn't see the Ford ad. And, well, that's the more importantly, and this is what people regularly forget, this is why the show exists. (laughs) The only reason the show's there is it's making somebody some money. It's not some big community program to entertain us. Right. Uh, program is the wrong term. It's a confusing uh, community uh, venture to entertain us all. Right. 
Right. No, it's only there to make money and sell Fords to Ford for Ford. Otherwise, the show doesn't need to be there at all. While it is an art form, unquestionably, patrons have supported the arts uh, since the beginning of art. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's why ratings exist, not because it's interesting to see how many people like what shows. So, Neil, so Nielsen's been holding off all this time saying, look, it, it doesn't. the only thing that really matters is the show airing with the ads. And everybody's been screaming, yeah, but we need to know how many people, how many millions of people are watching these shows, for instance. You know, I, I could see usefulness to that because if content, we refer to it in the business as content. If the content is popular, really popular, it's worth knowing that because there are various ways to, to, to package it and repackage it to make money. Yeah. So it's, you know, in terms of multimedia, multi-use, then it is useful, but it's but a different that, it's a different question. But the big dollars, it's going to be a while before it ever rivals anything like a regular ad in a, in a popular television show. Oh, sure. On a network. Um, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. A few other interesting stories for you. Uh, North Korea has something people are referred to as the uh, HOD, the Hotel of Doom. Hmm. I just thought this this got my How attention. How many stars for the HOD? I was surprised that this could happen in a dictatorship. I thought this only happened in democracies where the government wastes a tremendous amount of money on failed projects. But they have a 105-story pyramid-shaped hotel that has been around for years. They're still working on it. stories is gigantic. Oh, it's enormous. It is the big... That's like Sears Tower high. Oh, yeah, it's the... High point of the skyline there in in Puntang. Yeah, or anywhere else. Um, they spent a half a bill, five hundred and sixty billion dollars on it. I mean, just insane amount of money. Million. I'm sorry. Okay. Half a billion dollars on the yeah. thing, and nobody, as far as I can tell, has ever stayed there. Wow. So that happens in dictatorships, just like in democracy. I would think that would happen in a dictatorship. When, it, when things are going good, you'd start executing people or firing them or whatever you're going to do. Or say to hell with it and tear it down. Oh, yeah. What, are you going to get criticized in the press? No. But, Didn't work. What, but, hey, uh, what happened at a big hotel, uh, Kim Jong? Uh, what big hotel? Oh, right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but satellite imagery that, that we're, we're watching them with satellites all the time to see if they're going to nuke L.A. or something like that. Right. We saw some life inside of North Korea's Hotel of Doom, so we wow. think maybe they got a guest or something. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> That's great. How, how long does it take you to get room service? Because, boy, I hate it when I'm drunk and decide I want another drink or two, and I order it from room service, and by the time it gets there, I'm asleep, and then I don't want to drink anymore. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> By the time it gets there, the idea of another drink seems crazy. Right, exactly. <laughs> you can't imagine what you were thinking. Why would I get another drink? I can barely stand now. I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> and now I have two cocktails, watery, on a tray. Sure would have liked to be drunker in the middle of the night while I'm asleep. <laughs> Very handy. Stupid room service. And I got to hit you with this. the America's worst roommate. Oh, boy. One of my friend's kids, I think, had their worst roommate. Freshman year of college. Absolute nightmare. Hmm. Absolute nightmare. Got to keep it vague, but gets in with a complete psycho. Complete psycho with a very normal, nice person. I know the kid. Someone. Uh, And then when kid protests, the race card gets dropped. Oof. Yeah. Like heavy duty. And uh, the, the innocent party in this transaction was... Utterly flabbergasted and horrified. And, of course, school in question has to air way to the side of, you know, 
political correctness and blah, blah, blah. So it just turned into a nightmare. Mm. Little D, her, she, she and her roommate, her new roommate at college, they become best buddies. It's, oh, my God, how lucky. How lucky. The idea of having to live in the same room with a stranger, paired by fate. How <laughs> terrifying is that to you as an adult? You're, you're so flexible as a kid, you know? I didn't like it when I was young. I did it for a couple of months, and then I was out into an apartment with somebody I knew and liked, and then all court of abhorrent things happened in our apartment. <laughs> right, but they were mutually agreed upon. Yes, yes. Yeah. We, picked this, we picked each other on purpose. Exactly. Um... Where so were you? Worst roommate. Huh. Uh, Tennessee State University students, a similar situation. It's a roommate in college. Caught on video filling her roommate's water bottle with toilet water. Oh. She would videotape herself while, like, while her roommate was gone or asleep or whatever, filling up her water bottle with toilet water and saying things like, this, wait, this is going to make her really sick. Filling her water bottle with wow. toilet water. Turns out her roommate did get really, really sick. That is from a drinking toilet water. Oh, yeah. You're a very strange person. And she actually videotaped it and posted these. Oh. Which is just a whole oh. other level of crazy. And, and like, stupid. You think people would just find that amusing, I guess? Or Wow. What a toxic cocktail of crazy, compassionless, were, and stupid. I thought you were just talking about the toilet water. No. That is no. a toxic cocktail. Mmm, what's this delicious toxic bartender, cocktail? Bartender, I ordered a tankery and tonic. This tastes like toilet water. Oh, shoot. That's for that guy. You're the bartender. What would you uh, name that? Uh, that's an Amarillo Rototoilet. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delicious. Uh, I don't want one of those. <laughs> what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we got a new push for health care reform as some states ramp up push for single payer. And scientists claim they've discovered a protein that may be able to cure the common cold and suppress cancer. Story coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Yes, and Marshall's story is going to prompt me to make my first 2020 presidential prediction. <laughs> wow. Since Something I was, to look forward since to. Since I was so accurate last time around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, let's, let's, uh, got all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yes, Texter, I was supposed to eat my trunk, truck, if Trump was ever the nominee for the Republican Party. Right. Because I didn't think there was a chance in hell he would ever be the nominee. I would have bet a large sum of money that he was never going to actually run. <laughs> so, right. my, so my history on this thing is not good. <laughs> not good? <laughs> wow. It's like saying a third-degree burn is not a good way to cook. Well, for everybody that predicted Trump would get the nomination right. and then win the presidency. Before it all started. For all you people, congratulations. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, we got a compromise health care bill moving forward in the Senate. Republicans already lining up against it, but it is not being declared dead on arrival. There's a lot of wheeling and dealing going on as Republicans who need Democrats' help on other important legislation say they may get on board for this bipartisan plan. Meanwhile, you got 19 top state government lawyers asking a federal judge to force the Trump administration to make health care subsidy payments the president abruptly cut off last week. California's Attorney General Javier Becerra is leading the effort. What we should be focused on, whether as the president, Congress, or as leaders in our state, is to figure out how to get every single American covered, not make it worse for millions more. 
Meanwhile, you got a California le- legislator hoping to defeat Senator Dianne Feinstein next year by stressing contrast between them. State Senate Leader Kevin DeLeon. Go negative, Kevin. Go negative. Kicking. <laughs> kicking. That's not her real hair color. Kicking off his campaign to oust the long-serving Feinstein, setting up a fight between the two Democrats with generational and ethnic dimensions. Uh, yes. The, the generational and ethnic stuff is not that interesting to me. It's the political stuff. De Leon promising to deliver a more aggressive response to the agenda of President Trump. Every day this president wages war on our people and our progress. He mocks our values and demonizes our diversity. Yes. It attacks our national fabric, erodes our basic freedoms here and at home, and our moral standing in the rest of the world. In the face of this threat, we can no longer afford to be polite or patient, conciliatory or complacent. We can't cross our fingers and hope that Trump can learn and change. All right, here you you got close, Kevin, but we need a lot more out of you. You need to hint that Diane Feinstein is racist. You've got to make it about race and ethnicity because Mexican isn't a race; it's just a nationality. Right. But you got to imply she's a racist. We know you're going to get there. Start. We got point out that she once voted in favor of something Trump likes, right. and that's proof she's a racist. Come on, Kevin. That's what he was kind of hinting at there. Right, right. Yeah, it was too is. too vague, though. Scottish researchers say they have discovered a protein that can stop viruses from developing. The scientists at University of the West have already found that a protein called Hera can suppress cancer. Now they've discovered the protein also combats viruses. So the researchers think the Hera protein could play a fundamental role in fight in fighting both viruses and cancer, and this includes fighting the common cold as well. Oh God, that'd be awesome! So uh, my 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 my, uh, my wife, both kids home home right now with right. colds. Both of them not in school. Colds suck. They really really suck. Right. And uh, if they ever if they ever get on top of that, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I uh, I double checked the story, and this is a very this is a very real study that's going on. It's very reputable, and uh, they're discovering some rather amazing things uh, just over the last year. I wonder if we need the cold for some reason. Any chance we need that? In our I bodies? love that. That's an intriguing thought. I'd like to talk to epidemiologists, anthropologists, yeah. <laughs> and other <laughs> all hey, those other scientists. Back to my political prediction. Yeah. So um, this is what I think is going to happen in 2020. I think that the party, you know, somebody challenging Diane Feinstein right. from the left. I think the Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders branch is going to take over for at least a cycle. Going to be pushing universal health care and bailing out all the student loans and all that sort of stuff. And they're going to actually run somebody that could lose to Trump again. That's what I think is going to happen. They're going to mm. go so far left because one thing that America, at least so far, does not tolerate, it's a socialist. And I think they're going to run somebody so far left as a response to Hillary or, or whatever, right? that Trump wins again, <laughs> which wow. would be crazy. Wow. Wow. Because I, I don't think a Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren type person would win a national election. I don't either. No, I agree with you completely. Don't I, you think that's where all the energy is in the party? Speaking of energy, can I get through this Trump term, please? It's taking all my energy. <laughs> We're not even a year into it? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's consider the next one later. Mm. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the Does West. Trump get primaried on the Republican side? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. By somebody. Well, John Kasich spends all day, every day, trying to position himself as 
the kind and wise moderate. But nobody wants you, John. But he's trying. We, we get the press releases every single day. Just the only reason I bring it up is, uh, you know, Feinstein being challenged yeah. from the left. Is, is, that, that means something. You're going to see a lot of that around the country. Will Gary Johnson run again? Well, he's got to get leave from the mental institution where he's housed. But I certainly hope he does. Wow. Is there any that's need the guy for that? I voted yeah. for. Oh, that's who you voted that's for. That's right. Fantastic. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Vinci was gay. Oh my darn, more on that in a minute. Hmm. Do I care? No. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, really quickly, uh, we talked to Aaron Katursky of ABC News about the uh, meetings between the NFL players and the owners and the commissioner talking about standing for the anthem, blah, blah, blah. And Aaron mentioned that uh, players haven't, have only stood uh, on the sidelines for the anthem since 2009 when the paid um, uh, recruiting for the military at NFL games began. Uh, Turns out that is not entirely true. Uh, Thanks to Mark for pointing this out. There's some truth to it, but it's it's very mixed, and it's very difficult to draw a conclusion. For the longest time, NFL players didn't stand on the sidelines during prime time games until 2009 because they didn't televise the anthems during prime time games, and they wanted to show the players running out onto the field. So it was a programming thing, so they weren't there for them. On Sunday afternoon games, they were already out on the field milling about, so they, generally speaking, would stand there for the national anthem with their hands on their hearts because they're American citizens. So and various people have, in the inimitable fashion of the Internet, tried to take what's true and jazz it up a little bit, and then a little more, and then a little more, until it becomes more or less an act of fiction. So that there's some truth to it, but it's absolutely not as clear-cut as may have been portrayed. Uh, so there you go. New Leonardo da Vinci um, uh, uh, biography out by Walter Isaacson, who's written uh, several highly acclaimed. He wrote the Steve Jobs and the Einstein and the uh, Ben Franklin. And I think he got a Pulitzer Prize for it. anyway. Uh, he says da Vinci's gay, among other things. But it has been already has movie rights. And guess who's going to star in it and put the movie out? James Woods as Leo da Vinci. Alex Baldwin. Leonardo DiCaprio, who is named after Leonardo da Vinci, is going to play Leonardo da Vinci in a movie that he's going to put out. He's a fine young uh, actor, Leo DiCaprio. Maybe he'll be sexing up the two younger men who uh, eventually split Leonardo's estate that he lived with. (sighs) Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I hope they don't make it tawdry. I grew up with a portrait, a self-portrait of Leonardo da Vinci in my home. It's at the end of our hallway. I looked at it every single day. Mm, And what was the message there? We value uh, learning and uh, ancient Italian artists and uh, yes, scientists. We like Italian food. No, 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 no wasn't that? We, we value mm. learning in my home. We're not ignoramuses running around on all fours, <laughs> snorting like hogs. Not a picture of Chef Boyardee, <laughs> for instance. 
Yes. So uh, Jeff Sessions was testifying before uh, the Senate yesterday about uh, various things, and of course uh, he created various controversies. Uh, here's an exchange with the uh, estimable woman from Minnesota, Democrat Amy Klobuchar. Oh. You got to flip this switch there, and we're. Will you commit to not putting reporters in jail for doing their jobs? Well, I don't know that I can make a blanket commitment to that effect, um, but I would say this: we've not taken any uh, aggressive action uh, uh, against the media at this point, but we have matters that involve the most serious national security issues that put our country at risk. And we will uh, utilize the authorities that we have legally and constitutionally uh, if we have to. Okay. Maybe we, we always try to find an alternative way, as you probably know, Senator Klobuchar, right. to directly uh, confronting a um, media person. But that's not a total blanket protection. understand. And we're just really concerned because of the president's recent um, communications about FCC licensing with some of the media content, and we're working with the FCC on that and did get a positive answer from Chairman Pai. Okay. The FCC is worthless and toothless, so don't worry about them. Um, I found that an interesting exchange, partly because I, I flipped on Morning Jose this morning on the MSNBC, and they were in full pants-wedding, hand-flapping, apoplectic fear that the First Amendment was about to be shredded by Jeff Sessions, uh, Joe Scarborough himself jumped in at one point saying, now, wait a minute, uh, all of y'alls, uh, the Obama administration was notorious for going after journalists. They went after journalists in a way that was unprecedented and terrible. And the, the various people said, well, uh, it started under Bush. Yeah, it was Bush, Bush's fault. So let's put aside the uh, partisanship for a moment. Uh, the thing that Session said that there's also more, uh, leaking and passing along of information that shouldn't be passed along. Right. Than we've ever had before. I, I'd say that's been growing and growing and growing, yeah. Um, what he said was, we have matters that involve the most serious national security issues that put our country at risk, and we will utilize the authorities that we have legally and constitutionally if we have to. I, I don't find that terrifying. I mean, number one, he made it clear that we will follow the law and the Constitution, and number two, he's got to anyway, whether he said that or not. So, again, they're just trying to scare you to get ratings over on MSNBC. I thought it was admirable of the Washington Post, specifically uh, Callum Borchers, who's writing this piece. He's a gentleman we've talked to a number of times, uh, said there's a lot of missing context here that Sessions would have been wise to include if he were interested in avoiding panic, such as I happen to hear this morning. Uh, he appeared to reiterate a warning in August when he said that as part of the Justice Department's effort to prosecute leakers, we make illegal disclosures, classified information. One of the things we're doing is reviewing policies affecting media subpoenas. We're not talking about prosecuting government workers, uh, not reporters there. Um, but you can subpoena a reporter for information. If they don't comply, you can put them in jail. There's no federal shield law that protects journalists from demands to reveal confidential sources. Um, that's what happened in 05 to Judith Miller of the New York Times, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's an interesting aspect of constitutional law. If who can, who can subpoena it? Can any committee say, Joe Getty, you have to reveal your source and I'll say F you. 
any committee, mm. like the Committee for Fish and Wildlife or Committee on National Blueberry Day or whatever? I'd like to know more about that. But it's nothing new. It's nothing new. So do you it's have... It's not necessarily a, good, but... Do you have a picture of Leonardo da Vinci in your house? No. Well, on the internet I do. <laughs> I have uh, dogs playing poker to signify to my children that even animals enjoy wagering is the <laughs> message I'm trying to get across. So that's how they're growing up. Yeah. That's good. That's beautiful. But I, you didn't continue the tradition. Is there a reason for that? Ah... Uh... It didn't occur to me. <laughs> okay. I hadn't thought of that picture for a very long time. Okay. I will put one up immediately if it would gratify you. <laughs> now that your kids are gone. Right. <laughs> Do you want me to bring in my picture of Leonardo to da Vinci tomorrow? Maybe put up a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio. I'll text all my kids pictures of Leonardo da Vinci today. There you go. Maybe throw in Michelangelo at no extra choice. I might read that cost, book. cost, rather. I might read that book. Fascinating individual, that uh, Leo. Oh, sure. A scientist and an artist. What do you know? <laughs> Left-handed wrote backwards, don't you know? And forward. Uh-huh. Crazy. Yeah. And gay. Oh, boy. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> Scientists and artists. <laughs> <laughs> 